Well, very blessed Labor Day weekend to all of you. This weekend, we have the great privilege of listening to a rather unique gospel from the Gospel of Mark, the healing of the deaf man who had a speech impediment. It's unique for two reasons. Number one, this miracle account is only presented to us in the Gospel of Mark. If you think of many other miracles that Jesus performs, feeding of 5,000, calming of storms, all those things. You'll find that in Mark, Matthew, Luke, sometimes John. But this gospel is only found in Mark. Secondly, it's unique in that it preserves a rather intriguing word that was just proclaimed. The word, of course, is ephatha. Now, that word is not English. It's also not Greek. That is the spoken Aramaic that Jesus would have used. Now, I mention that because we, of course, know that the Gospels, when they were first written in the first century, were put paper to pen, so to speak, in the Greek language. That was the language the Gospels were first written in. What we have at Mass here is always a translation for us English from the original Greek. But the Gospel of Mark preserves this word, ephetha, and they don't translate it into Greek, but they keep it for the original Aramaic that Jesus would have spoke. Now, that should beg the question, why? Like of all the spoken words Jesus said, why would we have this word preserved? It only happens a few times in the Gospels, back in late June, when Jesus raises Jairus' daughter, this girl who was dead, he says to her what? Talitha kum. That's Aramaic being preserved, meaning, little girl, I say to you, arise. And now the healing of this man, he says, Ephatha, meaning be opened. But why? Might I suggest this? That in the decades after the apostles saw this account happen, they could still hear Jesus speaking that word. That this was such a momentous occasion, that this event made such a deep impression on them, that sent decades later, when they wrote the Gospels out, they could still hear Jesus' words ringing in their ears, Ephatha, be opened. Now, it's also important for us to remember, everyone, when we read these various healing accounts in the Gospels, it's always important for us to be listening for the deeper spiritual meaning for us. Right? These healing accounts might sound kind of bizarre, kind of irrelevant for me, but we're always, always listening for the deeper spiritual meaning. Might I suggest three things here this evening first. Notice when Jesus healed this man, where does he take him? He took him off by himself away from the crowd. Jesus takes him away from the noisy hustle and bustle in order to do what he wants to do. He draws him to a place of quiet, a place of peace, a place of solitude. He takes him away from all the noise, all the distractions, all the commotion. Sound familiar? Commotion, noise, distractions. Where is Jesus wanting to take us in order to do in us what he wants to do? Away from that. It is why it's so important for us, right, to have space in our life where we can just kind of unplug, so to speak. I remember when I was a little kid, and I'd go to bed early, won't tell you what time. 
And sometimes when I go to bed, the house would be not messy, but there'd be things around. There'd be laundry that needed to be folded. There'd be a few sink uh, dishes that were dirty in the sink. And I'd go to bed, and I'd wake up the next morning, and voila, everything was clean. I was totally shocked. I thought there must be some kind of fairy that comes in and cleans the house and takes care of my mess. Of course, it wasn't. Her name was Mom. And I remember asking my mom as I got a bit older, why'd you stay up late? Can I help you? And she said, no, go to bed. I don't need your help. And then I came to realize that was her time. She had time at the end of the day when the kids were in bed, fast asleep, where she could unplug, so to speak. Now, it might not be for us late at night, but I think it's vitally important for every disciple of Jesus to have that somewhere built into our lives so we can, in fact, hear him speak to us. That's the first thing. Secondly, how was this man healed? Really simply, he is healed through close contact with Jesus. Let me say that again. He is healed because he in his need, in his sickness, comes into contact with the Savior of the world. And everyone, we make things far too complicated where we need to be healed. We think we got to read this special book or buy the special thing or drink the special drink or whatever it is. No. Coming into contact with Jesus is the place it happens. It's why he gives us the sacraments. It's why we have prayer. It's why we have churches. It's why we have chapels. It's why we have adoration. So we have space to come into contact with the divine physician, Jesus himself. Thirdly, when this man's friends bring him to Jesus, did you notice what they asked of him? They said, would you lay your hands on him so that he may be healed? Now that's all good and fine because they probably had seen Jesus do this many times, right? They probably saw Jesus lay hands on people and voila, they're healed. Does Jesus do that? No. We're never told once that he lays hands on this man, although that's what they wanted, lay hands on him. Instead, you have this very complex, elaborate, seven-step process that Jesus then goes through to heal him that includes Jesus sticking his fingers in the man's ears, Jesus spitting on his tongue, Jesus groaning and crying out, Ephatha be opened. What does that mean for us in terms of deeper spiritual meaning? Do you ever have the experience that we think we know what we want? And Jesus does something totally different for us. That's what's going on here. They think they want Jesus to lay hands on him. But Jesus says, I'm going to do this a little differently than maybe you were expecting. I think we can look at various things in our life, right, everyone, where Jesus does something differently than we expected, but he brings about a greater good than we could have asked for or imagined. So, what's the takeaway? Unplugging, close contact with Jesus, and letting him do in us what we don't expect him to do. And if we approach that with great faith, wherever we need him, he will provide for us.